All right, what is going on, everybody? We are winding down the year. Once again, that dumpster fire that is 2020 is coming to an end. Knock on wood or whatever you think is holy. Uh, 2021 will be a much better year. So winding down last week's or the last episode was talking about the DRZ 400 and the bike build that I did on that. Um, and it was, I was pleased to see that there's still a few of them down in Baja and, and out and about. So it would be nice to get, uh, maybe one of those in the future. Who knows? You know, um, where there's room for two bikes, there's room for three. So, you know, I think that's how the saying goes. Anyway, all right, so this episode is going to be episode number six, and I have put together a list of 10 essentials that I think are important uh, to bring along on a ride with you. It's kind of one of those things like I'm like, I look over right now and I can see my climb arsenal vest uh, ready to go. I know what's in it. I know that it is literally like I could throw it on right now and I'm going to be set for at least a couple days. You know, there's some granola bars in there, probably moldy, but you know, whatever. There's food, um, you know, a little bit of sand and sandpaper it out and I'm sure we'll be good. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so this episode we're going to talk a little bit about what the, uh, I think are 10 essential items um, to have. So without further ado, here is the commercial whatever the hell, and we'll get right to the episode. All right, so here we go. 10 essential items an adventure rider should have and what they could be good for. So as I mentioned in the intro, you know, I, I keep, I have a uh, climb arsenal vest. I uh, got that a long time ago and years, I think it was the original design and that thing is still hanging on. Um, it works very, very well. Uh, I've loaded it up with a ton of weight and, and the thing just works. So, uh, definitely my go-to on that. So, all right, here we go. Top 10 items for an adventure bike rider or adventure or adventurers, I guess you could say, because I think all of this stuff's pretty universal. You could use it in a bunch of different, uh, settings, right? It doesn't just have to be aboard a, adventure bike if you want all the cool points you could wear this to starbucks and there would never be a question of your cool um you know and so first up i just mentioned it climb arsenal best um so aside from the short review that i put on there and really it's just a couple blurbs on it this is the meat and the bones so this thing um i guess the best example i can use is that when I take it off and I hand it to somebody to, Hey, can you hold on to this really quick for me? You know, it's the, this thing weighs like, feels like it weighs like 50 pounds. I mean, it's just absolutely insane, but then you throw it on and the way that the balance works front to back or however you want to word it, like it actually hides its weight really, really well. And on a long day of riding, like, that is the top, like one of the first things that you want to go after is to make sure that this thing feels like home and that you've got everything that, that you need. And so the new design, aside from coming in, in the sage color with the, with the high vis, which I really, really dig, um, has the tool packs been changed a little bit and it looks like the bags on the back has been changed a little bit, but more so also has, uh, a front pocket on the 
right chest um, now, not just on the left side. So now you've got an additional pocket up front. That for me traditionally was where I wore uh, or I would wear my uh, my inReach, Garmin inReach. Uh, and then also I would wear my uh, radio button on there. And so there's a previous episode or a previous uh, blog post where I talk about kind of like the ultimate helmet communications kit. Well, when I run that Cena SR10 in the in the Arsenal vest, I run the push to talk switch over my right shoulder. So now I have something where I can be cruising down the road uh, and I could hit the button. Some people are going to prefer that on the handlebars, but uh, long story short, in talking to a good friend that I met at Baja Rally, uh, Eric. He told me, he's like, usually when you're in the rough, you're not going to be talking on the radio. It's when you're cruising. So it's better to not be attached to the bike by a cable to be able to press a button. Now this is Bluetooth and you could do da 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 You know, you could go a bunch of different ways with it. But the essence of it is I can literally get off the bike. I can walk a mile up the trail to go help somebody out. And I still got a radio on me that's fully functioning, ready to go. So I dig it for that reason. Anyway, so Climb Arsenal Vest, um, I've also used it for hiking, and what I have done is I will put, um, I don't know, maybe like almost 400 rounds of 9mm in there. Now, why would I do that? It's actually for weight, just to put weight on it and walk with more weight, and this thing... The bags, the stitching, all of the the quality of it is just absolutely insane. I mean, it's like literally like climb design some bulletproof stuff. Uh, if it's not bulletproof, if you think it's not bulletproof, chances are whatever you thought would be better than it will go. And if you've ever uh, seen the video like with uh, Travis from every single Sunday and Bike Bandit, he tests a lot of the climb gear and you can see like I've ridden with him and the guy's an animal. Like he drops his bikes because bikes are meant to be dropped, right? I drop my bike and you're going to see a grown man cry. But just the test and all of the stuff that he puts this stuff through and it just works. So Climb does a really good job with their products. So I highly recommend their Arsenal vest uh, as like top. Like that's what you got to have in your kit. I've got one, like I said, it's right now it's ready to go. I know it's got the radio in it. I know I've got my multi-tool. I know I've got granola bars. I know I've got water. I've got all of this stuff ready to go in it. And it's just awesome to be able to throw it on and then just go. So... I highly recommend that. I can't recommend that vest enough. I haven't really found anything that's equivalent to it. I used to ride with backpacks and the Camelbacks, which I will never spend money with Camelback. Those of you that know, know. Um, so this thing is definitely my go-to. The next one that I found, and oh man, I want this so bad, um, is the Leatherman Signal Camping Tool. So Leatherman, if you've never heard of, which a few people that I've met never heard of Leatherman, but they're like the OG multi-tool company. So this is literally like what looks like a set of pliers, but has like a saw, a knife, a bottle opener, a screwdriver. Uh, you might be able to use it as a hammer, or I think you could use it as a hammer, uh, adult toy, whatever you choose to do with it. Like it's all you, but this thing is like got all of the stuff. And now they're making them in, in like cool colors and stuff like that. So they're light, they're very effective, they're very strong, they got a 25 year warranty. Uh, this is definitely, definitely gonna end up in my kit. I haven't had, I haven't put one, I have a different multi-tool in there 
you could definitely tell. I mean, the one that I have is a Gerber, and I mean, it works really well. Uh, I mean, you could throw it at somebody, it's so heavy. But the OG, the the one you want to run, the one you want to have is is the Leatherman stuff. And I, like I said, I mean, this is like literally, I'm looking at the one, it's on the blog article uh, or the blog post, uh, the top 10 uh, things for adventure. It's going in my bag. Like, I'm literally going to get this and, and throw it in my bag. So, I highly recommend it. Multi-tools are always good. You never know what you're going to need it for. You never know what's going to happen, so you want to be ready. Um, speaking of being ready and, and having all that stuff, number three on that list, that is the SOG uh, Flint Survival Defense Tool with Safety Whistle. The whistle, yeah, you got a radio, you got an in-reach and all that stuff. But, quick story on Flint's. So, long, long time ago in a far off place in a wash in the middle of nowhere, if you guys heard the story, um, somebody didn't have a lighter. So we had to figure out how to light a fire because we were freezing our asses off in the middle of nowhere in this canyon. So, a little bit of gas that was left, you know, just the remnants on a rag. And then uh, you get the coil, you undo the coil wire, and you have somebody crank it. And when that thing sparks, that thing lights it off. And, you know, it's effective. It's, you know, 15,000 volts or however many volts come out of a coil on a Volkswagen, you know, to light the gas off on the thing. Effective, yes. Safe, not at all. But, you know, whatever. So this, though having a flint tool which is really nice because they usually unleash like a real healthy spark um the leatherman tool has one but this is a separate one and it also is a glass breaker and stuff like that like you never know what you're going to roll up on so i mean having mul having it, something in your bag that serves more than one purpose is an effective use of space um that that's my mentality minimal but effective you know, it's like, well, let me use the smaller screwdriver. Yeah, except the problem is, is that there's only two screws on the entire bike that use that. I would rather suffer through trying to remove those two screws and have the proper tool for the rest of the bike than I would for that one or two screws. It's just the mentality. Anyway, so this thing is super handy, super tiny. You can pack it away anywhere if you want to put it in your bag, if you want to strap it to the bike or whatever you want to do. Like, it's just there. Um, and again, it doubles up on some of the stuff that the, t the Leatherman does, but it also has a separate, you know, a separate function. You can use that over here and use this over there, whatever it is, but it's inexpensive enough. It's one of those things that, you know, it's great to just carry and have with you because you never know. And like literally starting a fire is just one of those things, right? If you're cold, you're wet, you're, you know, just done with the day. Sometimes that's just kind of all you need. Um, and I, we've, we've been there before we've done a ride to Laguna Hansen and in the middle of the night and you know, it's, it's 30 degrees, 35 degrees, 37 degrees on the highway with the wind chill. I mean, you're freezing your ass off and then you get into the dirt and yeah, you slow down and you're working more. So you warm up a little bit, but then once you get to the campsite and you know, the cold starts to set back in, it really does like. It starts draining you and you feel like, damn, you know, if I had a fire, if I could, you know, get warm again and I, I would, you know, I'd be okay. And so mentally your body burns or not mentally, but physically your body burns a lot of calories in order to keep itself warm. So if you're suffering the entire night in the morning, you're going to wake up even more calorie deprived and even more in a, in a worse spot than you were 
before. So you have to think big picture on some of this stuff and you can't just be like a single minded, single focus. Like there's, it's, it's a downhill, you know, it's a, it's a downward spiral if you're not prepared with these basics up top and starting a fire is pretty basic. So moving on down the list, I actually got this as a groomsman or as a gift uh, when my brother got married and it's the Gerber Swagger Knife. This thing is awesome. It's compact, assisted opening. You flip the thing open, and and it's just aside from the cool points that you earn because it makes that you know like that ASMR or whatever they call it. It's like that very satisfying snap when it opens. Um, the thing is super sharp. Again, the the Leatherman, the SOG, the Gerber. They're all kind of similar items, but there are things that, you know, it's it's kind of like a redundant. The knife, this Gerber Swagger knife, leaves nothing. The blade is super strong. It's I had it for years and still have not had to sharpen it. I use it for cutting boxes. It's like my everyday carry, you know, um, and it's just so handy. It's so light um, and it's such a good looking knife. You know, it just it, it's it's one of the top things that I that I carry with me all of the time you know, for that reason. So knives, serration, something sharp, or whatever, you never know what you're going to have to cut or do or whatever. And so you want to be ready uh, for that. This will probably get into tighter spaces than the Leatherman will, uh, because the Leatherman just is, is a bigger form factor, uh, because of how many tools that it has. So I highly recommend it. It's one of those things that, again, you know, if you have it either in your pocket or if you have it strapped on the uh, the climb arsenal vest. It's cool. It works on either side. Um, number five on the list, tusk motorcycle strap. Now I saw this, actually, this is kind of one of the newer additions. And I had, I had thought about it, you know, like how could this be incorporated? Well, if you haven't already seen it, um, Chris Birch has this video, uh, series, you know, say no to slow. He does rider coaching and all of this stuff. And he shows in one of the videos how to use a tow rope as a winch with your bike to get it out of the mud or just something unholy. Well, I'm like, cool, but I don't have the room to carry that kind of stuff. Like I should, but I just don't. And then I saw these uh, on another video from Brett Tax um, showing a strap similar to this. And this basically it's like a one inch web strap. Nothing, you know, nothing super fancy, but it's just, it comes in a bitchin' little pouch and it's 12 feet long and, you know, it works very well. It's got like a 1500 pound towing capacity. So toe straps. Yeah, it's a toe strap. Um, bike recovery, dragging your bike up the hill, whatever, cinching it down, uh, using it to prop something up. I don't know, but any rope strap like this is, is going to come in handy at some point. Nobody wants to come back on a tow rope. That's just not cool. Um, I highly recommend if you want the cool points and if you're with a good buddy who would never shoot you down like that is have them tow you to about 100 yards before you get to civilization and then just tell them that you push the bike the rest of the way. Whatever. Figure it out, but having a motorcycle tow strap with you is not a bad idea because you just never know when it is. And it could be something as simple as a clutch. Uh, I've seen it. I've I've had it like... Literally, like, the only reason we averted disaster is because the guy that I was riding with decided to stop because the bike kept stalling. 
but what had happened is he had overheated the clutch and all the play went away, all the free play went away. So what was happening is, is now the clutch was starting to spin and it just talk about a downward spiral that right there. Talk about it even worse, halfway between Mike Sky Ranch and the San Matias entrance to Mike Sky Ranch on a hill. So damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know, it's, it's not the place to be done. With the strap, something like that, it gives you a point to also be able to tie the bike and, you know, work together. You know, you can pull. It's easier to pull it and, and with a strap than to try and get behind the bike and push it as it starts to roost you. So there's there's multiple things that you could use it for. So having that motorcycle toe strap with you of some sort will work really well. But this Tusk setup that's on this list is actually uh, pretty cool, pretty handy. And it's a small, you know, it's a small enough thing you can carry around. So moving on to number six, uh, that is the Adventure Medical Kits Ultralight uh, Watertight 0.5 Medical First Aid Kit. So I have seen these before. There's the 0.7, which is slightly bigger um, that you can use. But the big thing is having something, right? Bandages, burn cream, you know, just the basics in case of emergency. And if you don't have that stuff, uh, you're you're asking for it, you know. And in this case, these things are super light, so it's almost like there's no excuse as to why to not carry a medical, you know, a basic first aid kit. Um, one thing I will say, and I've seen a lot of really cool stuff out there, like my medic, uh, uh, one life trauma kits. They're they make these bitchin' packages. They make these things, and I still that they're on my list. You know, I, I want to figure out a way to mount one or kind of like. Get one that's like adventure bike. And if you guys are listening to this, uh, let's make an adventure bike first aid kit. You know, something that's in those those watertight uh, boxes that you use and, and more like One Life Trauma. They're the ones that have that stuff. And I think it's absolutely bitching. They've done a great uh, job promoting in desert races and you're seeing them more and more on vehicles and stuff like that. And that's awesome. One of the big things with these medical kits, whichever one you choose, one is, and I think is the most important, is when you open that thing, know how to use everything in it. That I'll say it again. When you open it, know how to use everything that's in it. And take the time to know what's in it and take the inventory. And hey, if there's medication in there, there's stuff that you know is going to expire. Write the date. Write the date down on the cover with a big old, you know, Sharpie or whatever. And, you know, like, hey, this is or, – or set a reminder in your phone. Hey, uh, go through your med kit every two years or whatever it is, you know, because it's easy to overlook it and something might dry out or something might spoil or whatever it is. But, you know, it's always good to freshen it up and make sure everything – or maybe somehow water got in or – one of the things got smashed and it and it spilled all over the bandages and now the bandages are soaked in garbage, you know. So you never know. So it's always good to kind of recap and re-go through it. But know how to use everything that's in there. And if you know that you're going to need a particular medicine or a particular thing, like for me, I'm, you know, uh, when I get heartburn, I've tried a bunch of different stuff. But for me, it's the Alka-Seltzer heartburn medication or those heartburn chewables that work and they work quickly that works for me so in my climb arsenal best uh i have a little uh bottle of like a tylenol uh 500 so i like tylenol it works really well for me 
I've thrown a few of those uh, Alka-Seltzer ones in there. So it's like that that one bottle is like a, a mixture of it. And I don't know if there's cross-contamination or whatever. I'm going to figure out some unholy like way to get myself stoned out on the trail. But um, but at least I know I have the stuff that I need. And some like, you know, I haven't had it recently, but like Claritin or whatever allergy medication works for you. You know, know the stuff that works for you and and make sure you have it with you. Earlier, I mentioned, you know, having that campfire and being comfortable and, and, you know, as a way to relax and get your mental strength back. I think that this falls in along that, you know, if you're suffering from heartburn out in the middle of nowhere, you got a gnarly headache because your helmet doesn't fit right because whatever reason you're just, you know, fatigued and all this stuff, you need to have something to help. And and even if it takes it from a nuclear pain in the ass that it's bothering you to just a regular pain in the ass or your garden variety pain in the ass, like, that's cool. It worked and it did something because you're trying to conserve energy and you're trying to set yourself up for the best chance to make the ride all the way through, you know. And we just got done yesterday riding almost 200 miles Um with a friend Nick uh, and another friend Troy and, and doing the adventure bike thing and, and got to see some stuff that I haven't seen in San Diego. Uh, I don't know San Diego that well as far as the forestry roads and stuff like that and what's open and what's closed and all of that. So it was an awesome time. But by the end of the ride, I was feeling it. You know, 200 miles, hadn't ridden in a while. Like even today, I'm still sore. So I knew, dehydrated, I knew I needed stuff. I knew I needed to have prepared a little bit better for it, not knowing where we were going. So I think that all of this stuff, like at any time, even when you least expect it could come around to bite you. And so the better prepared that you are to make yourself comfortable and know what you need, it's going to better your chances of making the ride. I made the ride, you know, that, that wasn't a question and froze our asses off on the way back. But, you know, it was still one of those things like, okay, I know that if I would have had this or this or this, I would have been in a much better shape at the end of the ride. You know, I probably could have gone further. Three, we've done 300 miles, 350 in a day. And that is a long day. And especially if you're doing an adventure ride and it's where it's a mixture of both, you know, you've already done 150, 160 miles of road. That's taken it out of you, believe it or not. And then all of a sudden you hit dirt and now it's go time. And that, you know, the, the thing is, is that what speed do you ride? Do you have to stop and turn around and you have to do all this? So you never know. And so you have to be ready. So that's where these things, I think all of these things line up for, okay, I am ready for the basics. I have to stay out here. Somebody falls. I need this or I need that, or I'm having a headache or I have heartburn. I have whatever, like just think, take a moment to think about situations that could happen and come together with a, a kit that will help you in those situations. And if that one item has more than one job, that's even better. So pack cautiously. Anyway, so that was it. We are on number six of 10, and that was the Adventure Medical uh, Kits Ultralight Watertight 0.5 Medical First Aid Kit. So next on there. Uh, on that list is number seven, and that is the Go Time Gear Life Tent uh, Emergency Survival Shelter. So I'd seen this a couple of times before. Uh, I have it coming. I don't 
really like I have my exes like, okay, you know what? Worst case scenario, I know there's a hotel here. I know there's this or I know there's that. But you just never know. So I have one of these coming. It hasn't made it into my kit yet, but it's coming. And the cool part about this is, is that you can remember that motorcycle toe strap that was earlier in the list. Well, you can help use that as well to help make some sort of, you know, shelter. The more options you have, the better. So this thing is basically like a huge blanket that folds into like a triangle style tent, which is super cool because now you can do, uh, you can have a shelter. It's big enough for two people. Um, or you have a blanket or you have a way to keep yourself out of the elements. Remember we were talking earlier about, you know, conserving energy and keeping yourself warm and, and doing all this stuff like the less, the less you have to depend on your body to do its job, the better. I guess if that makes any sense, at least to me, you know, I'm thinking, okay, there's two options to staying warm, either something physical that warms me, something that I can wrap myself in, or I let the body try and do its thing. And which is basically, it's going to trade calories for warmth. And then eventually what it does is it starts cutting off the circulation to the extremities because, well, we don't really need the hands right now. We're more worried about our core temperatures. So we'll just kind of let them do their thing out there. So you have to be ready. This is one of those things. And, and hopefully, you know, you're never in the situation to need this, but maybe you are. You know, this thing is also going to double as, you know, hey, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I broke down. It's hot as hell. I need shade, right? Well, what does the body do to keep itself cold and regulate temperature? Well, it starts to sweat. That's water on the way out. So if you want to collect it somehow, that might not be the most effective way. So now you have a way of creating some shade for yourself and trying to keep yourself cool and out of the sun. And again, you need to have that mental, like you need to be on point, especially when it comes to a situation. So this is one of those things that can double up, right? It serves more than one purpose on here. So that was number seven. That's the go time gear life tent and emergency survival shelter. And if you're going down or listening to this and going, I'm like, where is he pulling this list from? So chasingwaypoints.com. If you click on the blog, you're going to see it. It is 10 essentials for the adventure rider. Uh, if you click on that, or if you follow on Facebook, that'll be on there as well. This podcast, I'm actually going to link it right up at the top so you can actually click on it. And then as I'm talking about it, you can go down and kind of go through the list. So uh, that will that will work for you. So number eight on the list. Um, these are quickly becoming. Uh, I've seen them more and more, and that is the backcountry discovery route. Uh, on here, I linked a map bundle because I think it's a pretty neat thing to have all of them um, and kind of wallpaper, you know, your wall with it. But it touches on a good thing, which is maps, right? So. I, one, when I, when I go on these rides, like I talk about route planning on previous episodes, and then I have a video on YouTube that talks about route planning. And one of the things that I go over is, well, knowing mentally, like having your own mental checkpoints, right? Knowing that, okay, I'm going to get to this crossing and from the aerial, there's three roads that goes this way, but then there's a farm on this side. And so you have a visual reference to it. Um, I will have, usually I have my GPS with me with the track on it. So I'm basically just following the track and it's already been predetermined, um, and shared. So people know where I'm going. Um, but what happens if that goes dead? 
And what happens if I miss a turn? And now I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Wait, that used to be right here, but now it's not. Oh, damn, maybe I went, you know. Having some kind of backup, a paper map, uh, uh, even if it's a game plan. Hey, I know the sunset's over there, and if I go that way, I'm going to hit, you know, the Pacific Ocean. And I know, like, hey, it's getting close to sunrise. Wherever the sun peaks out first, that means that's the Sea of Cortez. So, okay, so I know to head that way. You know, so there's there's things that, you know, you, you can do to set yourself up. But having a set of maps is actually really cool. And if you've never seen country discovery routes uh, stuff, I highly recommend it. They've got a bunch of different routes that are out there. They're cool, like for different times of year. Um, they explore these areas and connect these routes, and they're just absolutely epic. Um, so I'm working on getting started on doing a few of them. Getting, you know, California is definitely on the top of the list, only because that's in our backyard. Um, but then, you know, Washington, Idaho, uh, Colorado would be awesome. You know, uh, I believe we had one. There was a Mid-Atlantic uh, that Gary from San Diego BMW uh, Motorcycles recently did. Um, it, I mean, just showing the pictures and all that stuff was just absolutely epic. So uh, if you got the paper maps and you want to check them out, paper maps are linked there. If not, you can also click on the other link, and that's going to take you to the whole ecosystem of them where you can actually see the different videos. And they're all available on Amazon, so you can actually rent them. And that's what I did a few weeks or a few months ago, you know, sat down and just rented them and checked them out. And, and it, was, it was actually really cool and it's entertaining because not only is it just about the ride, but it's about the people and it's about the history and the area and where you're going. So highly recommended. Um, so kind of a cool gift idea, but more so essentials is maps, knowing where you're going, that kind of thing. You know. Number nine, I swear by this stuff. And I am the most OCD person about having a clean visor, clean glasses, clean goggles to be able to see clearly because it's, I have right now, just like that, I can think of two instances where two people could have serious, one got seriously hurt. Um, and then another one, uh, hurt, but not as, as bad, um, and it was all because goggles were dirty and they had, uh, it was a combination of dust and then the morning fog and all that stuff. And it's just bad. And you don't think it's that bad and you can still see, but like most of us know on motorcycles, depth perception is everything. And that hole with it being covered up is a lot bigger than it actually looks. So I feel like a dirty joke could be made there. But anyway, the goal is to be able to make sure you have clean goggles, clean whatever, like, you know, that you can see. So in my kit, I usually carry a microfiber. Uh, I will put some kind of cleaning solution um, because I used to carry the Plexus cans, but then they, uh, I got the seven ounce can, but that was a little bit harder to carry. Um, it took up a lot of room. Uh, they don't make that little tiny one, which was awesome. I wish they still did. Um, so what I started doing was just taking a regular, like little squirt, you know, it's like a two ounce little squirt bottle thing that you can get for putting on like sticky films or, or screen protectors and stuff like that. Um, when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about, but I just put a cleaning solution in that and I just use it. But it's because I know that like, if 
there's something, a bug on your visor that's just squared off because they don't hit anywhere else other than your line of sight. Um, that can be fatiguing. Looking around it, looking through it, and all of a sudden, yeah, your eyes eventually get used to it, but your eye still knows it's there. It's just looking past it. So why are you forcing your vision to do more work, right? Um, another lights, right? A lot of people go over lights with uh, when they're putting their bike together. And, you know, I want the biggest, the brightest, the baddest, but they don't take the time to realize like, okay, my vision, my riding style requires this. I feel like I'm in a tunnel and I'll do an episode on this because there's so many light options out there. But, you know, like I always used to tell them when I worked at the shop is your vision is everything. The goal is, is that when you turn on your lights at night, that you can literally feel your eyes relax. And the moment that happens, that they relax, where you're forcing yourself to look through something, you're conserving energy. And that is so, like, my favorite time to ride is at night. I enjoy riding at night. Not when it's 35 degrees out, but riding at night is, like, absolutely the best. Um, I love that tunnel vision at times. And just, and especially, like, if you're in Baja and you know the the dew and the the humidity and all of that stuff and you start to smell in some places there's like bushes that smell like black licorice have you called anise um it's just the smells and everything it just changes completely but having that vision is absolutely key it, you gotta clean that stuff so plexus i've been using it there's novas there's a couple other stuff but i like plexus the most um for cleaning it just works really really well pro tip on this is when you go to clean spray it let it sit for a minute let it you know pick up the dirt and do its job liquefy the bug guts and all of that and then when you go to wipe it this is key when you go to wipe it make sure it's one it's a clean uh, microfiber and that you looked at it and made sure that it's clean and it doesn't have little rocks or dust or or metal shavings or whatever and then when you wipe wipe it in one direction but it doesn't matter what direction. Just wipe it in that one direction. What you're doing is you're avoiding the spiderweb effect. And I know you guys have seen this. Like, have you ever guys seen a car that gets polished and it looks really, really bad? And it's got all these swirl marks in it? Well, every time you clean, no matter how soft that cloth is, every time you clean your visor in a circular fashion, you're just creating those lines. So I have a visor. I bought my Arai XD4 like... Uh, three years you know what two and a half years ago I'm still running the original visor and aside from one idiot mistake that I made and I I say oh no I know this is a clean rag aside from that and you know what happens I wiped it and scratch it even though I only wiped it in one direction but that's the only damage to that visor and so it's absolutely crazy how much longer stuff. So windscreens, the same thing. I, I despise looking at a bike where the windscreen looks all used and sanded down and all that. The windscreen on my F800, two years later, still look like brand new. The windscreen on my F850 still looks like brand new. The windscreen on the 790, even though I've only had that kit for six months, still looks like brand new. And that's the whole thing is that when I wipe that thing is only in one direction. I can't beat that in your head enough. And maybe you guys aren't as OCD as I am about that, but that's what I recommend. So anyway, 
So that is my entire lecture on Plexus and how to clean things properly. Uh, the last one on the list, and this again goes back to remember that having something that's handy and and you know something that you can use for multiple things. Uh, that is paracord. Uh, I know that military and they have training and they have ways of making special nuclear weapons out of this stuff, but. Paracord, the 550, which is the typical size, I believe it's rated for 550 pounds. Um, you can double it up and do something fancy, and you can start multiplying basically that quote-unquote capacity. But it's small enough, the paracord, 100 feet of this fits pretty much anywhere. Uh, if you put it in something, it's actually kind of good uh, padding for you know whatever you're carrying. But having this as an option is, you know, uh, do I need to tie something together? Do I need to string something up? Do I need to use this to help create my shade or tie it between another bike or whatever it is? Like options. This is one of those things that just gives you more options. And that's why it's it's number 10 on the list. It doesn't mean that it's you know as super as important as maybe some of the other stuff. But definitely something you want uh, to have 50 feet of. Or 100 feet. I, I, you know, 100 feet, that's usually how they sell it in a bundle. Um, and like I said, it, you'd be surprised how small that actually is. But, you know, how much more you can, I mean, I don't know, you want to use it for fishing or you want to use it for making a snare trap or, or you know, I don't know. Uh, maybe you're stuck on an island and you want to make a shelter. Now you've got a way of stringing together some some pieces of wood or whatever. That Possibilities are endless. And 100 feet is a pretty good length to be able to do a lot of stuff. So, you know, again, super recommend it. Definitely want to have that in your in your kit. So, But as you heard, that is number 10 on the list for the uh, 10 essentials for the adventure rider. So I am going to close out the podcast with saying that 2020 has been an interesting year for sure. Complete dumpster fire. Um, but it's the little things, you know, and getting ready for, you know, 2021 and, and going on some rides and getting some, you know, epic times in there, getting more pictures, getting, you know, to do all of this stuff. Uh, that is, uh, what we're looking forward to. So check out the list, click on the links, go through, you can see it on Amazon. You can see, um, you can search it if you want on other parts of the internet. I just use Amazon cause it's easy. Um, and a lot of people shop there. Uh, there are a lot of local vendors on there as well now. So the smaller guys are making their way on there. Yeah, the fees and all the politics that you want. But you know what? Um, we got to find a way to support them. And, and you know what? If you see this list and you want to go into your local bike shop um, and support them, uh, I highly, highly encourage that. Um, I also encourage when you travel and when you go, especially if you're going down into Baja, um, a lot of people, so right now the current situation is, so California's on lockdown, Baja California North is on lockdown. Um, you know, we're really not supposed to be traveling back and forth across the borders, uh, right now, though, if you go and you come back currently, they're not going to stop you coming back. Um, and going down, there may be, once you get into the cities, they might start doing, uh, the medical health checkpoints or whatever that they did for a little while. I haven't seen it come back up. They haven't really said that they're going to do any of that stuff, but that's really not the point. The point is, is that 
whatever this is, whatever side of the fence you're on with it, is people are people. If you're going to travel down there, mind the P's and Q's. Be respectful. You're a visitor in a country that is not your country. That is another country or in a foreign place. Play nice. You know, spread the love. You know, see the kids, the fist bumps, the stickers, the whatever, the going, you know, shop at the little local market. You know, even if you're you just had tacos or whatever, maybe, you know, grab a granola bar and, and stop and have some PDA light or electrolyte electrolyte rocks, by the way, you know, just something because that little thing like will cause a snowball and it makes a big difference. Uh, to the local economy, they're hurting down there because most of that local economy depends on travelers and and visitors from afar that come through to come and see that country. So can't harp on that enough. Um, I encourage it if you're coming on a ride with me, expect to stop at little places uh, for that very reason, you know, and and helping spread the love and and. And just experience new things, right? I mean, you light somebody's face off. If you stop in a big supermarket in a big town, like, yeah, you're supporting the local economy. But I promise that those 100 pesos that you spend are going to go a lot further by just traveling down a few more kilometers down the road and stopping at the local, you know, the local market or whatever. So anyway... That's my uh, public service announcement. Uh, Stay safe out there. We're almost done with this dumpster fire. We have got a lot more writing to do in 2021. Uh, If you've got ideas for the podcast or if you want to get wild and want to come on an episode and we can just sit down and talk about whatever, uh, except politics, because whatever with that stuff. We've had enough of it. We'll leave that in 2020. You are welcome to join in. So shoot me an email. You can get in contact with me through the Chasing Waypoints site. You've got Chasing Waypoints on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, uh, and I don't know where else it is. This podcast is also on pretty much all the podcast platforms. I listen to it on iTunes because that's I'm part of the Apple ecosystem. But I know it's on Google Podcasts. I know that it is on Spotify if you're on Spotify. And Anchor's got it. Anchor is the hosting platform that I use for this which is super cool because I post it there and then it goes everywhere from there. So anyway, not to make it sound like a commercial, but yeah, Anchor's pretty cool. Anyway, hope you guys are good. Hope you guys stay well. And we'll hope to get a couple more rides in uh, before the end of the year. So see ya.